Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Turner coming back at you with podcast number two. Um, we did come up with a title. Uh, it's Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. So uh, then I Googled it and found out a lot of other people use that same title for some things. But, but oh, well, that'll get us going. So um, this is week number two. Uh, I committed to trying to get 52 people um, that were uh, nice enough to come on and, and have a conversation with me for you know half an hour 40 minutes whatever it takes just to let you guys get to know somebody that's out there doing uh, what I think uh, are some extraordinary things so this week we're sitting down with Amanda Stetson uh, she's a financial advisor in Falmouth Falmouth Maine and she's a mother of two twins so uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to sit down with her and, and just chat about uh, what that looks like uh, coming up through and getting to kind of where you're at um, the struggles of, of getting kind of a business off the ground uh, with the challenges of, of having twins. On top of that, she also decided to throw in competing in fitness competitions, and uh, we could talk a little bit about that. So uh, with that, I'll, uh, I'll introduce you to Amanda Stetson, and we can just talk a little bit about um, uh, you know how you got where you're at and give a brief introduction on who you are and, and what you're doing. Sure. Hi, everyone, and Bob, thank you for having sure. me. Um, it's nice to be able to get out and chat and share, I guess share a little bit about myself. So um, my name is Amanda Stetson, as Bob said, and I'm a financial advisor here in Falmouth. And I'm born and raised here locally, grew up as a Cape kid, um, went away to college at the age of 18, had to get out of here and see what life is all about uh, outside of the confines of Portland Harbor. I uh, went on to Tampa, Florida, studied there at the University of Tampa, um, did three years, and then I went abroad to Oxford University in the UK, and then came back here for a little bit, went to Costa Rica, studied abroad there, and returned back to Portland um, for a short stint. And then my life brought me down to North Carolina, um, where I went to graduate school at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. Studied um, English, uh, teaching English as a second language, um, and then yeah, my life went a little bit sideways after I had my twins and I found myself as a sole parent pretty much overnight. And the babies were seven months old at the time. So I came back here to get some support from my family. Um, yeah, and that's how my whole endeavor to Edward Jones kind of started. So back to Maine. Mm -hmm. Twins in tow. Yep. Boy and a girl. And then, so you, you got here and you were like, all right, what am I going to do now? Exactly. So with me having gone to graduate school to teach English as a second language, I was looking at having to go back to school here in the state of Maine to get the teaching license to be able to teach here in the public school. So um, when you have two little babies going back to school, and I hadn't been a Maine State resident for years, so I was going to have to pay a hefty price to get back into the university system here. So I decided to put on my big girl panties, so to speak, and find a career that um, would provide me with some upward mobility and some autonomy and hopefully some money. So I went to a job fair in, I think it was October of 2013, and I met two financial advisors, um, lovely people, um, and I credit much of my success to them. I'm super grateful. Um, but yeah, I put in an application. They encouraged me to put in the application. I did 10 rounds of interviews, I think it was, and it took about three months for the firm to you know, give me the go-ahead and let me know that they had hired me. So I, sent, I spent about, I don't know, 
four or five months maybe it was studying for my series seven, my series 66, my main state life and health insurance exams. And for anybody that has taken that series seven, it's brutal. Anything that starts with series, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, you know, I'm, that sounds like a lot of work. Oh, it, it was horrible. There were some nights when I had one infant on my chest and I'd have my laptop on my legs and then the other baby in the crib. And then of course, if one baby woke up, I'd have to rearrange. It, it was a lot, but um, yeah, so I ended up passing my exams and then back to the drawing board, the firm said, okay, well now you need to build a business. Okay, so how are we gonna do that? I went to the town hall here in Falmouth and I got a map of the town, took it to Staples, had it enlarged and laminated, put it in the back of my car and literally traipsed the roads of Falmouth, knocking on doors. And if there's any Falmouth people that remember <laughs> me, I apologize. Um, you know, most people were really pretty nice on the doorstep. Get some doors slammed in your face? Uh, yeah, and a few choice words said at me too. Um, yeah, I, I saw some interesting things. Did I see a poster? You saved the shoes that you, yeah. that you wore out doing yep. that. Is that right? Yep. So I still have the shoes. They're flats. And I had walked so many miles in those the first few years of my career that there are holes literally in the soles. So. Literally bootstrapped it. Like yeah. just started with nothing. Yep. Started banging on doors. Yep. And how did it feel after you got your first couple of yeses? Oh, are you kidding me? It's great. I'm <laughs> high on life. You know that that's all you want. Like if you get a yes, a couple of yeses in a day, it just, it makes your day. It, it really does. But yeah, it's hard. The tenacity that it takes and um, because I didn't have childcare all the time, I would take my kids to yard sales on Fridays and Saturday mornings. You left them at a yard sale? I brought them with <laughs> so sometimes I wanted to. But no, I had them with me um, in tow, and I wasn't necessarily dressed like, you know, a professional. I would just get out and have conversations with people, and um, it was really quite a humbling experience. I mean, I look back, I certainly wouldn't want to start all over again, and for any advisors that are starting out, have faith, because once you get on the other side and the ball starts rolling, it's really, it's pretty amazing. That's one of the things that I've wondered too, as a, in getting into the financial advising business, where, where if you're young, uh, you know, you, you, need some, you need some years behind you. And mm -hmm. if you don't have that, uh, it can be a real challenge, mm -hmm. right? I mean, getting people to believe in you, to trust you. What do I want to give my money to this kid for? Yep. You no, know? you're right. I mean, I was 27 when I first started, and I think I looked younger than I actually was. But I have to say, a lot of it is how you carry yourself and the confidence that you have. And I try to be professional, but yet really transparent about who I was as an individual. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, a portfolio and mutual funds and stocks and bonds, that's just the vehicle or the mechanism to help people get them to where they want to be in regards to their financial security and to help them live the life that they want. So um, being, you know, I think just being myself. Yeah. What was your biggest objection when you, when you found it knocking on a door or talking with somebody or even have a meeting set up? What was the biggest, um, you know, people's biggest resistance? I already have an advisor. I already have an advisor. And I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, we're here in Falmouth. It's one of the most wealthy communities and we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of money here. You know, we're close to Portland. There's 
plenty of firms. What do you say when you get that? Um, so let's do that. So, hey, Bob, da, da, da. well, I've already got an advisor. No, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm really glad to hear that, um, that you're already working with somebody. What is it that you like about them? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't just turn around and you don't leave it at that. <laughs> no. no, and you know, I just leave them. I would politely leave them. My contact information yeah. is that you know, if you have any questions, you know, I'm right around the corner and I'm happy to help. And I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing is I have never wanted to come across salesy. It's just not my style. Like I genuinely want to help people. I mean, mm -hmm. even to this day, there are some folks that truly need help, but right. they don't have, you know, tons and tons of money. But my philosophy is. If you have somebody that's in your corner that can help you get from where you are today to where you want to be, it will come back tenfold. And I guess that's really what fills my cup. I come to work every day. Um, there, there are other opportunities out there where I could make more money. But I like what I do because I know that I'm helping people and that I'm making a difference in people's lives. And that's their cup is being filled and so is mine. So I guess what I'm hearing is that somebody doesn't have to have a million bucks to come talk to you. Maybe they're just starting out. Maybe they're a 21, two-year-old kid that um, needs to start investing. The folks said, hey, mm -hmm. start planning a little bit earlier than I did. Um, go see Amanda. Yeah, it's certainly worth having a conversation. And if they have a situation that I can't help with, like let's say somebody comes to me and needs some direction on debt management, that's not really my wheelhouse, but I work with a number of professionals in the area that are financial coaches that could help them. So I'm not just gonna turn them away. They will have a next step. And that next mm -hmm. step would be picking up the phone and calling that other person and I would be making a warm introduction. I think one of the things that struck me as unique about you uh, when we first started working together was that, uh, I can't remember, something happened in the economy and my phone rang and it was Amanda. And I, she called me for. Uh, hey Bob, I just wanted to, you know, we're just reaching out to everybody to let you know that da 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 da, -da happened. We're going to stay the course, or I'm going to move this to this, and and I, I felt incredibly um, secure and relieved. And I said I said something like, "Yeah, just do whatever you think I should do." Thank you for the call. Boom. When I hung up the phone, I said, "Wow, that was really cool. I know you have three, four hundred clients. That's a lot of phone calls on yeah. a Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think I got that call on a Saturday, and I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm definitely with the right person here." I love my job. I mean, I joke around and I say that. Edward Jones is my third baby because I really feel that way. And based on my past and my history, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it weren't for Edward Jones. I mm -hmm. mean, it's given me um, a platform to change not only my life, but the lives of my kids. And like I said, it's all about the relationships, right? So if somebody's trusting me with their money and their livelihood, then I better know what's going on and I better know the extent to which um, what's going on in their accounts could impact or derail um, their life goals and their trajectory. It's a pretty big deal when somebody comes in, sits down, and it can be, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. It can be emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody can be coming from uh, either inheriting money or coming from a divorce, trying to hang on to money. I mean, you see it all, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I joke around sometimes and say, I feel like I'm Dr. Phil. <laughs> I feel like some days I'm a chameleon too. I mean, we've got people calling over right. here where, to your point, you know, somebody's inherited money because um, their spouse has passed away. And then the next phone call I might get, um, you know, the daughter's going off to college and they need money. So yeah, money is a very emotional thing. But again, for me, it's 
important that the clients understand that I understand them. Right. And I do my best to try to make that happen by way of conversation. And being able to speak in their terms. Right. You can't just talk over them or around them. What have you seen for in the, in the last, I guess it's two years now that we've been dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. What have you seen for behavioral changes within your client base? And are people investing more, getting nervous, pulling money out, doing crazy stuff? So that's a great question. I have done my best over the years to try to set reasonable expectations for folks. And so, you know, part of investing is there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. But for us, um, I think clients feel, I would say, fairly safe um, with what comfortable, I think might be a better word. Um, And they can sleep at night because we do have an eye on their money and Sure. I mean, March of 2020 came around and there were some phone calls and people got scared and wanted to move to cash. But I get excited because we hadn't seen that type of a market shift in years. So it was an opportunity. And interestingly enough, um, I would say that we actually had more inbound phone calls with people saying, hey, look, we have all this cash. What do we do with it? So, of course, you know, I'm not about timing the market per se. It's time in the market. Mm-hmm. That's really what's where the payoff lies. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen a, a huge shift. I mean, people used to come and meet with us here in the in the office. And I was just saying to you this morning that, I don't know, I think in the last year we've maybe had 15 clients come in here in the branch and meet with us. Um, most of our meetings, people want to do things remotely. Um, we've onboarded clients from literally all over the United States, including Alaska, which was pretty cool. Wow. So yeah, we've had referrals from all over the place. Well, that's good. Um, what are a couple of things that you might say to someone that is considering getting into this field? You, I didn't hear you say finance, accounting, you know, anything like that with, with regard to your, your educational mm-hmm. background. So you didn't go to school and say, I want to be a financial advisor yet. Here you are. So you're a 10-year overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, Bob. Mm-hmm. I wish. <laughs> I'd like to know what page of whose book you're taking out. Right. So you, you've, you know, I mean, you've been slugging it out for, is it about 10 years, right? Yeah, it's been eight. Eight years. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, yeah, talk to me good. about, you know, if, if there's a, a young guy or girl that's 22 coming out of school, uh, what do you like about this business? Mm-hmm. What don't you like? Mm-hmm. And what's it take? What are the barriers to entry? Sure. So that's a great question. I will tell you that this industry has a huge turnover because it takes so much grit. I think a lot of people start this business thinking that they're going to become millionaires overnight, and it just doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah. this job for me has been a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And I would say it probably took for me because of the challenges that I faced in my personal life and trying to raise two little kids by myself, it wasn't really until about year five where I felt like things were getting easier. So for somebody that's starting out, you gotta have a lot of grit, you've gotta have a lot of tenacity, and you've gotta be incredibly mentally strong because there are days when you feel like all you're doing is swimming up creek. Right, and you did it with with a a kid on each hip, so to speak. So, I mean, if somebody's looking at getting in this business and says, well, geez, I'm not, I'm not raising twins by myself, mm-hmm. so. And I have to say too, I mean, if you come from a profession that is not within the finance industry, 
a lot of advisors become incredibly successful because of the skill set that they bring right. to their branch. It, they offer so much more than, let's say, somebody who went to business school. Yeah, somebody that's book smart is going to, you know, they're, they're bringing their own strengths to the table. But there are certainly other people, like teachers. The ones that I know that have worked for this firm that come from a teaching background are some of the most successful advisors. Well, they say the best way to, <clears throat> to learn something or relearn it is to teach it, right? So yeah. if you can teach it, um, you've got a pretty good grasp on it. Yep. Well, cool. Um, anything else about finance, financial advising um, before we yeah. switch gears? I just have to say that the best part of this job is the relationships. Absolutely, hands down. I mean, I've had the opportunity to go to down to the hospital, you know, before COVID, shortly after one of our clients had a baby to meet the family, to meet the wow. new baby. Yep. I've spoken at a funeral. Um, you really navigate some of life's biggest moments, the most intimate one. Weddings have been really fun. I mean, there's obviously been some sad times too, but there's a bond there that when people open up to you and they, you know they feel comfortable, I feel like that's when the real bond happens and I understand those individuals so much more. It's not just like, so tell me, when do you want to retire? What do you want to do in retirement? Yeah, that's important, but there's a lot more to the person than that. You're becoming part of their uh, family unit. Oh, absolutely. Almost, mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. 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 I have. I drive to work some days. And I'm like, I don't know what I did to get so lucky. <laughs> that's great. I mean, then there are other yeah. days too where I'm like, all right, you know, when's the next cocktail? Somebody, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> when's five o'clock? Is it Friday? Yet? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Speaking of cocktails and things like that, I know that uh, it's the kind of business where you do a bunch of marketing and you do a bunch of socializing. What's a typical week look like for you on that end? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm a part of three different networking groups, so that's really fun. Um, Pre-COVID, obviously, we'd meet in person, but with uh, I, the last two years, we've seen a shift uh, moving everything onto Zoom, and I kind of like it. So um, I'm early morning meetings, either 8 or 8.30 for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, that's why, and then we've also, you know, tried to make it a point to be more proactive on our social media pages. So we do have a LinkedIn site, uh, we have a Facebook page, and obviously um, my personal website as well, so. Well, great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the personal stuff. So, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what, a couple of years ago, I guess it probably was, you decided you were going to do a fitness competition. So, yeah. that, for those of you that don't know what a fitness competition is, it's basically, it's, it's pretty up in your face and, uh, you know, it's a bikini comp, really. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you had to start committing to eating better or eating differently and mm -hmm. being really dialed in on that, going to the gym, like this very, very strict... Uh, program yep. while still doing this yes. while still being a mom yep. while still being single yep so you know talk to us about how you kind of got started with with that and what that looks like so back in 2010 I had um, I put together a bucket list and a, uh, competing in a fitness competition was one of those things that was on my list and so I had the babies in 2012 and life was no longer my own for years 
and my friend asked me if I wanted to do a bikini competition with her. And I was like, oh, this might be it. Yeah. This is what the fitness competition. And I, you know, back in 2010, I had just put that on my bucket list and I didn't know what that looked like. I, I really didn't. I didn't even yeah. know that these bikini competitions existed. I think back then I had something in my mind like, you know, maybe weightlifting or, right. you know, something just totally different than an actual show. So in the fall of 2019, I hired a coach out of Massachusetts. And um, again, I had no experience in this at all. So I was totally green. And she put together a program for me. So I found myself in the gym in the beginning, maybe five days a week, and then it became six. And I had a show slated um, down in Florida for, actually it was this one was in Boston actually, in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. So. Right in the middle of COVID. Yeah, right in the middle of, of COVID. So I kept doing, you know, obviously the gyms had shut down. Mm -hmm. And I was working from home. And then I would carve out an hour, hour and a half to lift at the house and to do my cardio. And then the gyms reopened. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so <laughs> much happier in the gym. Yeah. And the show kept on getting pushed out. So we went, I think, from April to June to August to October. And then I was like, I need a break. I just physically and mentally, I couldn't take it. So we took a couple of months off and then went back to the drawing board. I still trained and all that, um, but the prep was not, we, we were back to eating somewhat normal food. That must have been rough because you, you're peaking for those and cutting and yep. cutting calories and carbs and all that. I don't know uh, the whole deal with that, mm -hmm. but I, I know that you're, you know, you're angling toward this specific yep. date. So to have that pulled out from under you yep. repeatedly mm -hmm. and then fall back to, okay, mm -hmm. back to the gym. We're not gonna do this goal right now. That had to be tough mentally. Yeah, of course, because I felt like the finish line kept on getting moved out and right. moved out. And how many times are, you know, it's really hard because it's most people in our shoes would train for an end date because it's really hard to maintain that type of a physique. It's it's not a healthy at some point. So, um, yeah, we finally found a show down in Florida and I flew down there and it was great. It was awesome. And once you have the bug, you have the bug. I can relate. Uh, I've done, you know, I've done the, the triathlon stuff, and it, it, it kind of there's a parallel there. So I I understand what you went through because, you know, I would have people say to me, "Oh, you're still doing that crazy triathlon stuff." Like, what did you get for feedback from friends and family when you committed to this goal? And was it good or bad, or did it frustrate you, or did you feel supported? And uh, you know, what did all that look like? I think initially people thought I was crazy and that given my lifestyle that it wouldn't be attainable. Um, people were supportive, don't get me wrong, but the longer it went on, the more like they were like, are you, are you really gonna do this? But I'm the type of person that when I start something, I finish it. I don't care if it's gonna take me 10 years. I'm Clearly, gonna make sure yeah. that, it get, that it gets done. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was hard. I mean, you know, I went down to Pennsylvania and I took, I was on prep and I brought my scale and I was literally in the car weighing my food out <laughs> on the dashboard yeah. of the car. And people were like, yeah. this is really extreme. Well, then it gets even more extreme. We're at the campsite and I'm over there pumping iron. I brought my weights. <laughs> I, I brought my weights with me. And people were like, why can't you just do some push-ups? Like, this is ridiculous. Why can't you just, you know, go for a run? you know, go do the hills, you know, we're in the mountains, go to the hills. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You right. have to train certain muscle groups at certain times. So I didn't want to derail myself. I wanted to have fun. Um, but yeah, the whole thing going out to dinner, 
Like try going to a barbecue and somebody hands you, you know, a beer and you're like, sorry. I had a couple be people be like, is everything okay? Meaning like, have I fallen? Am I an alcoholic? I'm like, no, right. no, no. Right. <laughs> you know what I found that it, uh, people, f I think that because they thought what I was doing was extreme, it kind of highlighted what they weren't doing. Yeah. All right. So if everybody was, we were at a party and everybody's drinking and eating and doing what they want. And I was saying that I got a I got a race coming up in June, and it's here we are in February, and we're making tough choices in mm -hmm. February. But I want that feeling of going across the finish yep. line. You wanted that feeling of being on stage, knowing I did the plan, yep. I made some sacrifices, mm -hmm. um, and and it was worth it, you know. And I think that that's a in our community or a society, or whatever. I think that's a very small group of people that are willing to do that. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. That, that it's like, ah, you know, I mean, take New Year's resolutions, for example. Like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat right. And then you see the, the group of people at the gym that, that blew up mm -hmm. January 1st. All of a sudden, March 1st is right back to the normal mm -hmm. people that are at the gym. Yep. So I think there's a very few people that are willing to make those, those sacrifices and changes. Now, what we've done, like with me, with Ironman, and you with the fitness comps, yeah, it might be extreme. But what I get a kick out of is everybody will say, oh, you're doing that, you're riding your bike 100 miles on Saturday, you're at the gym for an hour and a half and you're eating, you know, three green beans and a carrot. <laughs> Not that bad, but however, nobody would ever say anything to you if you were sitting at the end of the bar yeah. down here at the, at the uh, you know, the local watering hole three nights a week after bowling night mm -hmm. or whatever, and you were having a half a dozen beers and a pizza, that's, for some reason, that's more acceptable than you pounding out an hour and a half at Planet Fitness while your kids are at, you know, school or whatever. Of course, because it's not the norm. Right. So there is a, a little bit of a, a social impact to that, you know, where the, oh yeah, she's doing that. Oh, you, you don't get invited to stuff. Like I had things I didn't get invited to because they're like, oh, we knew you weren't drinking. I'm like, I still would have liked to come, yeah. you know? Yeah, there are definitely sacrifices. Yeah. I, I did. I missed out on things, but... It's, I knew that it was for not a prolonged period of time. It was certainly longer than I had anticipated. But I would also argue that if this is something that you enjoy, which I do, it becomes a lifestyle. Right. And it becomes a part of who you are. It becomes part of your identity. Um, I yeah. found I was better business owner, yep. better dad, husband, brother, son, you know, friend, you name it. Like everything I was doing, I felt like I was better at because I had this heightened focus of, I've got to do all these things and do them well because on Saturday I'm going to ride my bike a hundred miles and come home and I, you know, I would never let anybody see that I was just trashed, tired. You know, Bailey would say, hey, can we go here? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> well, I think when you, know, you put yourself through extreme training like that or anything extreme that requires a lot of mental fortitude, you realize that you have much more capacity than you thought you did. Like we right. have the ability to do so much more. I mean, if you could have told me post delivery of twins that I could have gotten my body in the shape that I was, I'm not in my prime now, but a year ago, I, I, I wouldn't have believed you. I, right. you know, but I guess it just goes to show that we doubt ourselves. But if you have the mindset and you build the confidence along the way, you can do so much more than what you thought you could. Would you agree too that your normal is different today than it may have been if you didn't, if you hadn't done that? Like I was talking okay, with somebody sure. yesterday about, 
you know, I say, well, geez, my back hurts, my foot hurts, whatever. I've been banged up a little bit, you know. Okay, well, that maybe that's 15 years of beating yourself up. But what do I look like if I didn't do any of that stuff for 15 years and where am I at? So you, your normal might be, you know, way out of shape if you hadn't had that mindset shift in that bunch of years where you had this, the, this routine mm -hmm. and establishing good habits. Absolutely. And it, you know, again, going back to the fact that I've been a sole parent of twins, well, the babies, they're not babies anymore, they're nine and a half, but you do lose yourself. And if you don't have anything to give to anybody else, you're absolutely useless. So my mindset became such that I put myself first and my self-care, because if I can fill my metaphorical bucket, I'm going to be so much better off. They call that the, the, what is that analogy? The oxygen mask in the airplane, right? Put yours on first before you can help someone else. So it sounds like you did that. Yeah, it was great. I need yeah. to get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. What would you say to someone that says, well, I don't, I don't know. Those guys are crazy. I don't, I don't have time for that. You have time if you want to make it. I, I asked people, did you watch Netflix I was going to say, how much time? Pull out your iPhone <laughs> right? and see how much time you logged on that thing. There's the weekly updates. It's scary. So if you're spending six hours a day on that thing, something is telling me. Right. Or, look, you can, it's choice. Life is made up of choices, and I shouldn't be on my soapbox, but this is, if I'm going to get on a soapbox, it's going to be this one. We all have choices in life what you get out of it is what you put into life. Right. So if you can wake your, you know, get up in the morning and instead of having your cup of coffee and scrolling on Facebook and having your cigarette outside, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I would argue that you can get your, your butt out of bed. And, yep. Uh, no, I've, yeah. I've done that too. Try to rework the morning routine where I'm work, working with a, a business coach too. And it's, uh, you know, before you grab that phone, grab your, you know, your positive affirmations. What are, you, what are the things that are going to be important to you today? Write three things down that you're going to try to accomplish today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for me, it's just as simple as I'm just going to accomplish this one thing mm -hmm. next before I move on. Because if I have that moment where, oh, the, the phone goes off, uh, the dog barks, because I work at home a lot too. There's any number of distractions that you have during the day take you away from what you do and it's very easy to get sidetracked and then next thing you know you're thumbing through Netflix mm -hmm. or whatever um, it's a different different climate today different business climate yep. you know with everything that's happened uh, getting back to that a little bit do you think there's going to be some real permanent changes from you know how people do business and operate uh, oh, through through co post COVID if there ever is one I think so I mean if there is a silver lining from this, you know, the changes that we've seen in the last two years, I would argue that we have so much more flexibility. And you don't have to be in person. I mean, I think there's something to be said for being in person. You can't replicate that over a screen. But there are so many people that, you know, we see folks moving in different places yeah. across the country and relocating because they're finally able to live the lifestyle that they want. Right. They can achieve both th both things at the same time. They can still work for the same company, you know, render, you know, the technology that they're provided, the computers and everything else, but they can sit and, you know, sit at their lake house and do it. They don't have to be sitting, you know, in downtown Boston or We've seen a lot of that in the remodel business where people are taking a, a property on the lake that they have had for years or has been in the family and they're either knocking it down or expanding it. And they're selling their, 
half million dollar place in in New York or mm -hmm. Massachusetts or wherever, or a two million dollar place, and they're like, yeah, build I, me a new one. I think it's awesome. I mean, they work at the lake. I know some people um, that bought an RV and put their four kids in it and did the remote schooling thing and traveled the country for five months. So you really, you can kill two birds with one stone. You can still work, you can still make an income, but you can also have the experiences that I think more often than not, people were pushing off until much later on in life because they'd been chained to a desk. I think it's changed people's perspective um, where they're like live, live more, live for Absolutely. today type mm -hmm. of thing where they're doing things, they're getting out there, they're checking off that things on their bucket mm -hmm. list because, you know, uh, nothing's, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Nothing's guaranteed. Nope. Um, it's not, and that's one thing that I've seen here in the office too and having conversations with families is um, really the proactive planning and specifically regarding estate plans mm -hmm. and life insurance because you know, with all these people having gotten sick from COVID, I think folks, people's eyes were opened and they need to know that their loved ones are gonna be cared for in the event something were to happen. Right. Yep. Right. Well, before we wrap up, um, I just wanted to ask you, what, are you, what has been your biggest challenge both in the, in the financial mm -hmm. arena and then also in the fitness arena? Sure. And then maybe one last one as a parent. Sure. In regards to this business and working in this industry, um, it was hard in the beginning because back when I started, we got a two-year salary, but that salary dwindled over those two years. Mm -hmm. So from a financial standpoint, I was super stressed out because here I was trying to take care of two kids and myself. And yeah, when you see your paycheck going down and down and down, you know that you better work your tail off to be able to find some other means of income. So right. for a while there, oh, I racked up credit card debt. That was That was the biggest stressor, I think. And then also being able to meet the requirements and the hurdles that you have to in this industry in order to keep a job. That that kept me up at night. So a whole bunch of different hoops you have to jump through. I yep. mean, even today, right? Mm -hmm. Just a continuing education, yeah. yep. staying sharp, staying mm -hmm. on top of your game. You just don't all of a sudden end up in an office like this and just kind of fat cat it for the next 20 years, this right? This office did not exist and I didn't have my business partner because again, there's certain there are certain um, requirements that you have to meet in order for the firm to give you, you know, the bells and whistles, so sure. to speak. So, um, and what was the other, oh, the question you'd asked me about the challenges and- um, Fitness. The, yeah, the mental, the mental piece, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the food, I, I would say, you know, going to the gym, yeah, there are days there when you're fighting and you don't in your head and you don't wanna be there and every rep's a battle, but look, you, you know the pain is going to eventually go away. What I found to be the most difficult was the, the food or the lack thereof, I guess. Yeah. Eating, you know, similar meals. I mean, I, I actually kind of liked what I was eating and I got to a point where I would crave it if I didn't have it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, seeing the kids make a pan of brownies and <laughs> I can't touch it. What, what have their takeaways been from, from mom doing fitness comp and what do you think that they got from, from that? I think they see that um, there's reward. You know, when I came home with um, the pictures and the medal that's up over there on my wall. Mm -hmm. and 
um, you know, oh my God, mommy, you did it. Like, yeah. you actually did it. I think instilling those values into my kids and knowing that life gets busy, my kids know that their mother still took the time to take care of herself. Right. And I'm glad because my goal in doing that is not only just to, you know, show up on a stage, but also to create habits that my kids can take with them in their life too. Yeah, I always felt when I was doing my races that, you know, I had good days and bad days and, and my daughter was able to see that and see that no matter what you push through, you don't give up, you stay committed, you get your sessions in. And I hope that in some way that's, you know, helped her develop her own approach to, to life and business and how she goes at it. So. Yeah, I think too, you know, in the society that we live in today, people expect things instantaneously mm -hmm. and they're entitled. And I don't want to say all people are like that because that's not the case. But I, um, for me, it's important as their mother to know that even though things don't come easily, that you're going to have to, you're going to have to work for them. Right. But the reward is not going to be instantaneous, but it certainly is worth it when you get it. Yep. Got to put the phone down, actually yep. do something. So, yep. because you, I mean, you're not just a Cape kid that had the financial planning business handed to you. Oh, hell right? no. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, on the surface, somebody might like, might say that, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. She grew up Cape and yeah, now she's doing financial planning business mm. in Falmouth and life's just easy. Right. I have a colorful past. <laughs> <laughs> so challenges. Uh, now, I, I know that uh, and you haven't mentioned this, but you've since gotten married. Yeah, I got so, remarried. So you got some help. And uh, so yeah. what, what, what does that look like now uh, that's different versus, say, two or three years ago? Oh, my God. All right. So uh, I did. I got remarried to my best friend. Um, he and I have been super close since we were 19 and it's now 16 years later. Um, yeah, when he's around, it's a game changer because I have an extra set of hands. I mean, things even like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'll be back in 20 minutes. I don't have to load the kids, you know, make sure the dog's taken care of. It's just, it's easy. It's so much easier. Yeah. But so you're enjoying that. Love it. Yep. yep. When, when he's here, he has a seat in the Florida House of Representatives right now. Long story behind that. But so he is in Tallahassee yep. right now for work um, for, I know he's been there for like a month and he finishes up in March. So once that's all done, he'll, the tides will shift and he'll be back up here. So, so. Two, two busy careers, kind of a, a long distance relationship at mm -hmm. times, but it works. It works. I mean, I was by myself, you know, for so long anyway. I mean, I've had, I had another relationship for a couple of years, but um yeah, it provides me with the autonomy that I've been used to having. I don't know. I, I personally, I like it. I mean, there are certainly challenges that come along with it. I wish that he were here more, um, but that will come. Well, in. you're, yeah, and you're an empowered person. I always say, you know, you don't need nothing from nobody, right? Nope. But it's, <laughs> it's nice, nice to have, to have somebody have. around and somebody to run, run through life with and uh, kind of pick you up when you're down and when you have a tough day, say, hey, can I just yep. hit the road? And you guys, you got it. You know, so. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, he's been part of my kids' lives since they were itty bitties. Yeah. You know, so um, I think too that sense of familiarity for the kids is nice, and um, that yeah, I didn't have to like, introduce somebody strange to the kids' lives. I wanted to be very cognizant to make sure that it's not like a carousel of yeah. men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna try this guy out from Match.com. We're gonna try yeah. this one out from Bumble. Nope. I always say to people, if if when you're by yourself or divorced or whatever, if you make every decision with what's best for the kids in mind, then life gets very simple, yep. right? Yep. So what's next? Uh, both, you know, I mean, this business is, you know, you've got eight years in here. Mm -hmm. Your kids are, you say nine? Mm -hmm. They're nine. Mm -hmm. 
You've got a metal hanging on the wall over here. You're going to put another one up. So what's going on? Where do you go from here? Um, so I did take a hiatus from the gym, uh, full transparency, more I know like the a six month hiatus. <laughs> I just got back into it recently. Um, feeling really good actually. So what's next? Um, Emily and I are super focused on this business. I actually just got an email this morning that I've been invited, um, by the firm to go get my CFP. Nice. Um, so that is something that I might commit to. I'm not really sure if it's the right time in my life to do that because it's like another job. Is that the top tier yeah. of financial mm -hmm. advisors? It is. Yeah. Credential. Yes. Good. Yep. So there's that opportunity that landed in my lap this morning. So I have some thinking to do. I do feel really good about, uh, I, I would love to compete again, but that requires a lot. And yeah, I'd have to go back to the drawing board. I always say that uh, I'm about, I'm 12 weeks away from being ready for an Ironman at any time. I, I don't think that's the case right now. I know it's not. It's not. But it, it is nice to have that feeling where like you have done something at a high level, right? Like I was in the gym the other day lifting, you know, just kind of doing some of that. And this, you know, the, the guys that are just jacked right there. And I'm, I'm lifting my small <laughs> weights and I'm going, yeah, let's go for a 10 mile run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I bet you can't swim two miles, mm -hmm. you know? But it's just fun to have that um, uh, accomplishment under your belt and know that it's empowering. Like, you know, you can do some things and, uh, you know, on the, you know, when, you know, if you needed to run, you could, or right. if you had to lift something or help somebody, you're, you're physically able. And I think that, you know, we're getting to be a society that's just obese and just so deconditioned. And I'm not saying that from a soapbox because I've been all of that. Uh, and I've also been in good enough shape to do what I want on the racing circuit. Mm -hmm. So I, I know where you're coming from on that, but it's, it's good to see somebody like you that's a busy mom, successful business professional, but also looking for other ways where you can say, yeah, well, what else can I do? So I think that speaks, uh, can speak to a lot of people that are saying, well, I think I'll wrap up the next season of Yellowstone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> What's this next one about? <laughs> you know, and maybe we make a few people think today. Um, you know, this is Amanda Stetson. She's, she's done a lot of neat things. Uh, she's a person that came into my life recently, and, and I immediately, we became fast friends. You have an infectious energy about you. Uh, anybody that, that hangs out with you and, and does business with you is better for it. Thank so you. thanks for today. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. As we go out the door here, so to speak, is there anything you, you'd like to say? Probably about 12 people will see this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the if there's one thing that I hope that people walk away with is we have a lot more inside of ourselves than you think that, that you do. I, I, you know, going back to 2013 when my life turned upside down literally in a matter of days and I was, you know, became a sole parent and I had no idea in which direction my right. life was going in. And now looking back nine years, I now can see in the rearview mirror why I went through what I went through. So if you're going through a tough time, you might not know what your why is today, but give it time and you'll be amazed where life will lead you. Um, and the opportunities that will come your way. There are silver linings. I didn't see them at the time, but I can promise you they're there. Awesome. So. How does somebody get a hold of you if they want to talk or if they want to talk about financial planning or maybe yeah. even pick your brain about fitness? Sure. Um, so you guys are more than welcome to call me. Um, I'll give you a couple of different numbers. If you're looking for some financial guidance, um, you're going to want to call 207-536-1210. 
And if it's more of a personal matter, you're welcome to call my cell phone, 207-807-1230. So. All right, well, we're breaking the mold here early because I don't think she's ordinary, but she's doing an extraordinary thing. So thanks, thanks for taking the time with us. I appreciate it. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of fun to just sit and talk yeah. with you today. Awesome. So thanks, thanks a lot.